The message you're about to hear has been made possible by the continued financial support of the friends and partners of Faith Hill. To find out more about how to become a partner, be sure to visit faithhill.tv. Well, quick announcement. Uh, we know that we are now in level one, thanks to Kali's preaching. We've moved from level two to level one. Amen. And uh, uh, we've learned that things work differently in level one. We can add a few more people into the service, uh, but you still have to register so that we do not go uh, above and beyond the cap. So please be sure to register for service. Uh, right now, we can only have 50 people, but after tonight, midnight, we'll be able to add a few more seats. Amen. Well, let's get into the word. You ready? Yeah. Buckle up. Let's go. Someone lift up your Bible, your cell phone, whatever you're reading from. If you're reading from iPhones, a little higher. Samsung's a little lower. <laughs> Who are we's? Just, just, just put it away. Just, just. This is my Bible. <laughs> I believe what it says I am. I can do what he says I can do. I am a believer, not a doubter. A doer, not just a hearer. Today, Namplanje, I will learn from God's word. And my life will never be the same again. Because faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. All right, amen. Luke 6.45, we're still talking about the mind and mouth connection. So we uh, just finished a series talking about the heart, the mind as a man thinks in his heart. Remember Proverbs 23 verse 7? And uh, we also established in reading Luke 6 verse 45 that the heart or the mind is also connected to your mouth. Amen? It says in Luke 6 verse 45, a good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth that which is good. And then he flips it and he says, an evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart brings forth that which is evil. And then he makes an astounding conclusion. He says, and from the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And I want to submit to you, brothers and sisters, this morning, I want to start wildly and radically with these words. You don't get to say what you want to say. In life, you never get to say what you really want to say. All you get to say is what is in your heart in large enough quantities, at least according to this verse. Whatever you put in your heart in large enough quantities will find itself in your mouth. Amen? So if you put possibility, if you put the promises of God in your heart, in times of crisis, while everybody else is in panic mode, the only thing that's going to be proceeding out of your mouth is God's word. While everybody else is saying, I can't, the only thing that you are going to be saying is, I can. Amen. Amen? Because of what you put in your heart. So it's very important for us to pay attention to this connection. I call it the uh, uh, cycle of life. It always starts with the heart, right? It always starts with the heart, and it goes into your mouth. I mean, if you really want to know what's in someone's heart, just take them out for lunch and listen. Why? Because from the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Amen? I said amen. From the abundance of the heart, the mouth will surprise you. I remember dri driving with some preachers. We were a bunch of preachers driving together. And, you know, we were just hanging out and having a good time driving. And then... Uh, uh, the, there's a crazy driver who came and cut the preacher man who was driving. And then the preacher said, snap. That's not the actual word he said. He said the real snap. <laughs> and then we all looked at him like, whoa, we are preachers. And then he turned around and he said, well, brothers, forgive me. I don't know where that came from. We know exactly where that came from. It came from the heart. Amen. There's a heart meter that he kept filling up with snap. And when the pressure hit, snap came out. Amen. So we need to change what we put in our hearts. Can I say that? Can I say I can say snap, right? That's not the real word. Y'all dirty. I went to that church and the pastor was cussing. 
No, I'm not. From the heart, whatever you put in your heart in large enough quantities will find itself in your mouth. Amen? If you put a possibility in your heart in large enough quantities, you will begin to confess and speak possibility. While everyone else is saying it's hard, you will begin to say, man, there's several uh, opportunities, there's an abundance of opportunities. So whatever you put in your heart will find itself in your mouth. But here's the connection I also want to make is that whatever you release from your mouth will find itself uh, in your heart. So it's an unending cycle. Why? Because the Bible says in Romans 10 verse 17, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So whatever, that, uh, uh, whatever takes place in your heart starts off in what you hear. Amen? Faith comes by hearing, so does fear. It also comes by hearing, and here's what I have to say, and I need you to get this, is that the, the number one sermon you and the number one a prophet that you believe in this entire universe is the one you see in the mirror. That's your number one preacher. Man, when that preacher is preaching, everything he says is amen. Man, when that preacher is preaching, everything they say, you are ready to give an offering. You are ready to tithe and give first fruit. When that preacher is, say, is preaching, your heart is right in the front row of the service saying, amen, preach it. And so we need to train that preacher, better known as your M-O-U-T-H, to preach the right thing. You know why? Because your heart is ready to believe that preacher. If that preacher shows up and says, I can't, your heart is going to say, amen, pastor. <laughs> oh, some of you don't believe it. Let's go to Prov uh, uh, Numbers, chapter number 13. Let's read Numbers, chapter number 13. Remember, the ten spies, they are getting ready to uh, take the promised land that God had uh, said he had already given them. It flows with milk and honey, and Moses sent them to go and spy the land. They came back, and then the preacher man called their mouth, got up to preach to their hearts. And this is what he said, verse 31. But the man that went up with him said, someone say they said. This is what they said. When you say, here's someone else I need you to catch, your words create your destiny. Whatever you say, you are getting ready to go in that direction. Your words create your destiny. So the man, the ten spies that went with him, uh, got up and said, We be not able. And the heart said, Amen, preacher. So if you say, I can't, you are right. If you say, I can, you are right. Hunt your neighbor and say, So what is it going to be? What's it going to be? So they said, we be not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we. And they brought up an evil report of the land which they had searched unto the children of Israel. Yes, what's interesting about people in general is that after they have preached to their hearts and their hearts have said amen to whatever sermon that they, they, they received in their hearts, there is a, a, a human uh, uh, need to try and get someone to go with you. You know why? Because we genuinely want to help. And so, uh, COVID-19 hits, and your mouth preaches a strong sermon. You know, you get up and preach a strong sermon to your heart that, hey, listen, this thing is going to take us out. I mean, not only does your mouth say amen, after your mouth, your heart says amen, the next thing mankind want to do, it's just human nature, they can't help it, is to find somebody else, one, two, or three, to go down with. So they got up and said to the entire children of Israel, now, it would have been bad if it was just them. But now they're looking for somebody else to go with. Amen. Have you ever been to a bride and everybody is just, oh, Lord, it's, it's bad news, left, right, and center. Not only did they preach to their hearts and their hearts said to them, hey, you're not going to make it. 20 year, 2020 is canceled uh, or, 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 or their hearts has already told them you, you're not going to get married. Now they want to find a few other bachelorettes to go down with. Someone shout, I ain't going to that sermon. I'm just trying to help you. Amen. And here's the sad reality is that the 2.5 million 
that were rolling with the children of Israel all believed this sermon that we are getting ready to read. The land which we had searched, the land through which we have gone, verse 32, to search it is a land that eats up its inhabitants. Thereof, all the people we saw in that land are of are a man of great stature. You've heard me say this, and I'm going to say it again. This is an absolute exaggeration. There is not a single country. Any single ladies in the house? Oh, my single ladies. Oh, my single ladies. There is no single country in the world where all the men in it are a man of great stature. You know, biceps, rock-hard abs. Just give up on that dream. No, don't. But here's the deal. They're exaggerating on the issue. They're saying, hey, everyone we saw in that land is a man of great stature. That's not the truth. That's just what they've preached to their heart to the point where they now believe their own lies. Amen? And there we saw the sons of Anak, which come of the giants, and we were in our own sight or in our own hearts as grasshoppers, and so we were in their hearts. How did they become as grasshoppers in their own hearts? They listened to their mouth, uninformed mouth. See, sometimes you say so much of one thing to yourself until you believe it. You actually literally start to believe it. Amen? I said amen. But I like uh, Joshua and Caleb, verse 30. And Joshua and Caleb stilled the people before Moses and said, someone say they said, they said, let us go up at once and possess it, for we are well able to overcome it. So we see here uh, two laws in operation here. We see uh, uh, the, 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 the ten spies receiving exactly uh, what they confessed. Why? The law in operation there is uh, manifestation, your manifestation of the promises of God, or your manifestation of the fears of the enemy is always preceded by your confession. Amen. Whatever you say, you are getting ready to receive. Let's go and look at someone else. Mark chapter number 11. Mark chapter number 11 from verse 12 to 14. We're talking about Jesus. And he says, And on the morrow, when they were come from Bethany, he was hungry, he being Jesus. And seeing a fig tree afar off, having leaves, he came, if happily he might find anything thereon. And when he came to it, he found nothing but leaves, for the time of figs was not yet. Verse 14. And Jesus answered and said unto it. It's interesting that the Bible says Jesus answered the fig tree. Did you see that? Because uh, 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 inanimate, is that, is that the word? Inanimate objects always speak to us. All the time. And we need to speak back. Man, there's going to be some things that will tell you you are a nothing. Or sometimes not just inanimate objects. Sometimes they're just crazy people who come and tell you, you are a nobody. And you need to answer them. You need to speak back. Amen? I said amen. But there's something interesting here that we need to look at and just establish. It says, Jesus answered and said unto it, No man eat fruit of thee hereafter forever. And his disciples heard it. Jesus literally cursed the tree for not having fruit when it was outside the season of fruit. Did you see that? He says the tree didn't have fruit because it wasn't a season of fruit. So why did Jesus curse it? I mean, it used to confuse me a lot that, I mean, Jesus, why did you curse the tree when it was out of season for figs? The reason he cursed it was because when Jesus shows up, the season has begun. And some of you may say the season for what? The season for fruitfulness has begun. When Jesus shows up, the season for healing has begun. When Jesus shows up, the season for transformation has begun. You remember Jesus showed up at the pool uh, uh, and uh, there was a man who had been crippled uh, lying there. And uh, he was saying, man, I I've been here at the pool uh, just waiting for the stirring of the waters every year. Seasonally, there is an angel that comes and he stirs the waters and whoever jumps in first gets healed. And so Jesus said to this man, I know you are going by the seasons of the stirring in water, but I want you to forget that for a minute. Because when I show up, the season has begun. When I show up, you don't have to wait until it's next year. 
When I show up, if you submit to me, then you're going to get healed. When? Instantly. And so he said to the man, pick up your bed and walk. And the man got healed. Oh, this is good. The man got healed out of season. How many of you know that you can get healed out of season? You know why? Because Jesus is ready in and out of season. You can get prospered out of season. See, some of you are waiting for December bonus to be prospered. I got good news for you. Some of you are waiting for Corona season to end for you to start enjoying prosperity. I've got good news for you. When Jesus shows up, the season has begun. Amen? And so that was the problem with the fig tree. The fig tree didn't submit itself to Jesus. Who can turn things around? I mean, Jesus doesn't have to wait, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, for, 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 for the stirring of the water. He doesn't have to wait for the angel to come. When he shows up, the season is... Remember the one time he went to a wedding in uh, Cana. Remember the story? He went there and they ran out of wine. What did he say? He said, take 10 pots of, and fill them up with water. And so they filled all these 10 pots uh, with water. And then he said to the people who were uh, uh, serving the, 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 the VIP desk, he said, now take this water and go and serve it as wine. So I would like to believe when he scooped the water, it was water. And when he went and served it, it was still water until it touched the lips of the VIP guest did it turn into wine. You know why? Because it always takes faith to activate the miracles of God. And faith looks beyond what these physical eyes may see. If they had gone halfway and said, ah, but it's water, then turned back, they would have sabotaged the entire wonderful miracle that Jesus was getting ready to perform. And so they went, and in season, or out of season... Jesus performed a miracle that would have taken at least 20 years. They say, you know, a good wine. I don't drink wine. Uh, but those who drink wine say, you know, a good wine uh, uh, has to be at least 20 or 25 years. Yeah. If it's 25 years, then it's more expensive. In fact, the, the more the years, uh, the, the, the more the years, the wine, uh, the more quality it is. That's what they say. They say it tastes better when it's been, it's been brewed over a long period of time or whatever. I don't, you know, I like sweet things, so I'm not a wine person. I like, the only, the, the closest I can get to wine is appetizer. Appetizer, man, I love appetizer. Or uh, non-alcoholic champagne. It's sweet, it's nice, you should try it. It's bubbly, I mean, it's awesome. Man, it's awesome, I'm telling you. It doesn't have the bitter, you know. I, so I don't drink wine, and, and this is not a wine or should I drink or not drink salmon, it's not. And for those of you who think Jesus turned the water into grape juice, you're not reading the Bible either. <laughs> Hallelujah. So Jesus, in an instant, created a miracle that could have taken 20 years in an instant. You know why? Because when Jesus shows up, the season has begun. And so the problem with the fig tree was it didn't submit itself to the seasons of Jesus. That's why he cursed it. And then, now let's go to verse 20 and see what happened after Jesus cursed the fig tree. Verse 20. And in the morning, the next day, as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. Did you see that? So, which means they didn't see the fig tree drying up instantly. They saw it, they only saw the results of what Jesus spoke the next day. Amen? Now, let's go to Matthew 21, verse 19, and see uh, 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 Matthew's rendition of this same uh, verse. It says in Matthew 21, uh, verse 19, And seeing a fig tree by the road, he came to it and found nothing on it but leaves. And he said to it, Jesus said to it, let no fruit grow on you ever again. And immediately, when? It says, and immediately the fig tree withered away. So which is which? Did the fig tree dry up the next day or did it dry up immediately? Anybody for immediately? Anybody for the next day? 
So it's both, except Matthew and Mark are looking at this issue from different perspectives. Amen? I'm going to draw a tree over here. Here's, a, here's the ground, right? And here's the, the roots. And let's see if we can draw a tree. These are the branches. There you go. In fact, you know what? Forget drawing. Let's just write tree. Everyone, this is a tree. These are the roots. Amen? I said amen. amen. See, y'all don't agree. You're like, uh, Pastor. No, I'm keeping my amen. <laughs> so, uh, Matthew is talking about what transpired below the ground. And Mark is talking about what transpired above the ground. So, when Jesus cursed the tree, something happened immediately, except it was not apparent to this physical eye. I want to submit to you, brothers and sisters, that whenever you speak God's word, something happens immediately in the spiritual realm. And so you shouldn't unsay what you have said because you don't see it with these physical eyes. God's word has already gone to work. Just because it's below ground does not mean nothing has happened. Something has already happened. Something has already been established. And if you don't unsay what you have said, guess what? You're going to see the results above ground. This is why scripture encourages us in Hebrews 10 verse 23. It says we must hold on to the confession of faith without wavering. Because he is faithful. He is the one who has promised. Amen. In other words, these laws will work all the time. When he says he's faithful, he's saying these laws, these principles of life will work all the time. Amen? Immediately, as soon as you say something by faith from God's word, something happens and it happens below ground. In other words, it happens in the unseen realm. It was only in the next day that they began to see the tree above ground uh, wither. But then God... Jesus didn't unsay what he said. He didn't say, be cursed. And then as he walked away saying, man, these trees don't listen anymore. I wonder, do I still have power? Peter, am I still Jesus? No, he didn't say that. Jesus cursed it and walked away. You know why? Because he knew something had already taken effect. Man, sometimes you just need to speak to your problems and walk away. Don't speak to them and then get on the phone and say, do you really think we're going to make it? Ah, I'm not sure. See, what you're doing is you're undoing what you, have, what you had already established in the unseen realm. Can I get an amen? amen. So hunt your neighbor and tell them what you have said. Keep it said. Verse 21, and Peter calling to remembrance said unto him, Master, behold, the fig tree which you cursed is withered away. That's Peter talking to Jesus. That's me also reading verse 21. That's not how Peter said it to Jesus when he saw the withered fig tree. He went astonished. Master, look, that's the tree you cursed. Look. And then Jesus answered to him, is very, very, very interesting. Jesus doesn't say, ha, 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 ha. My name is Jesus Christ of Nazareth. That's why. Actually, Jesus rebukes him. Jesus says to him, have faith in God, verse 22. And verse 23, Jesus takes it to the next level. He says, for verily I say unto you, that whosoever. In other, in other words, Jesus is saying, I didn't do this just because I'm Jesus. This is available to whosoever. Jesus turned around and said, you, have faith in God. You can do it. He says, whosoever shall say unto this mountain. Quick question. How many trees are in a mountain? Peter, you are astonished. You are impressed by me speaking to one tree. Well, let me turn it around. You can speak to a thousand trees. Whosoever shall say to this mountain, be thou removed 
and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he says shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he says. That's the kingdom law of confession. He shall have whatsoever he says. Let's say it all together. One, ready? Read. He shall have whatsoever he says. Man, I wish we lived our lives with this revelation. You have what you say. Amen. He shall have whatsoever he says. It's like ordering. Anybody ever ordered something on Amazon, Superbalist, any of those websites? Anybody ordered something on it? Or oh, just a few, just a few ordered things. He shall have whatsoever he says. It's like ordering stuff online. When the delivery man gets to your gate and he calls you to deliver what you ordered, what are you expecting? I didn't hear that. The same principle you must expect. Man, in fact, I wish everything that happened in life announced itself this way. Hey, this is what you ordered. You're just having what you said. Amen. I said amen. When division comes to try and uh, uh, shake up your marriage, it knocks on the door. In fact, it rings the bell. Tindo, who are you? This is uh, DHL. What are you here for? I'm here to deliver. Deliver what? What you ordered. Where did I order it? You said it. Amen. When you find yourself in the middle of a, a job crisis and they are, they are uh, 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 laying off people and they are retrenching people and you have been saying all year round, oh man, things are bad. I think I'm going to get laid off this year. Things are bad. I think I'm going to get laid off this. And your heart has been saying amen to that. Your heart has been giving offerings to that revelation. And then when retrenchment comes, I wished this retrenchment would take you all the way back to how it started. I'm not trying to condemn you. I'm trying to get you to wake up to the reality of using your words to your advantage. On the flip side, when you start having a marriage made in heaven, I wish the same would happen. Dindong, who is this? DHL, what are you here for? To deliver a marriage made in heaven. When did I order that? With your words. Amen. I said amen. I mean, if things came that way, it would really wake us up to this reality that we have what we say. Everything you see around you has been something that you've put in your heart, but ultimately authorized with your mouth. Everything you see around you, man, you can start to authorize healing around you. You can start to authorize uh, 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 prosperity around you. You can start to authorize peace around you. You can start to authorize promotion, acceleration, and advancement around you through the words of your mouth. Words create. Remember, we read Proverbs chapter number 18, verse 21. It says, death and life are in the power of the tongue. And they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. Your mouth can release either life or death. And you need to be careful what kind of words you use one to another. You know, we talked about a marriage relationship, the deterioration or, or the improvement of a marriage relationship starts off with words. And you can't just talk to your wife any kind of way. I thought I was going to get a better amen from the ladies. I thought, ooh, I might just take uh, an offering from the wives. <laughs> Hallelujah. Man, I'm working harder than you're saying amen. But you can't just speak any kind of way to each other and expect uh, those, your marriage relationship to flourish. You can't just speak any kind of way to each other and expect your business to flourish. Amen? You can't uh, just use words carelessly and expect things to go your way. I remember uh, uh, Pablo here. He's going to share his testimony one of these days. But also Energy uh, also had uh, testimony around that. Uh, energy, had a, uh, he's got two sons. I think Tendai and them are watching right now. So he shared his testimony with us. He said uh, one of their sons 
I think Jaden was sick, so he took him to the hospital. And I mean, he was sick, very sick, that he couldn't stand, couldn't walk, couldn't do anything. Took him to the hospital. Two weeks he was at the hospital, and uh, they couldn't help him. And when they were discharging him, they actually offered him a wheelchair. They said, you know what, He's, this dude is never going to walk ever again in his life. And you know, in that moment, energy said something. He said, not my son. He began to release his words in his advantage. He began to release his words to release life. He said, not my son. And immediately when he said, not my son, something took place in the root system, in the spiritual realm. And he said, I'm not going to put this boy in this wheelchair. Carried him out of the hospital, put him in the car, drove home, and put him on the bed. And he said, he walked out of that room. He went and he started washing dishes, cognizant of the promises and the payment that Jesus made at the cross. And he said as he was washing those dishes, the little boy came and stood behind him. And he said, Dad, look. What happened? He began to use his words to his advantage. Man, you can release life or death to the tree of your life through your words. Can I get an amen? Let's go quickly to 1 Samuel chapter number 17. Thank you, Jesus. 1 Samuel, chapter number 17. Man, this is powerful. 1 Samuel, chapter number 17. Remember the story of uh, David and Goliath? I mean, Goliath would come every single morning and uh, taunt uh, the children of Israel, the entire nation. I mean, this giant would come and taunt them every single morning and say, Hey, send one of your warriors. If he beats me, then we are going to serve you. But if I beat him then you guys are going to serve us. I mean, every single morning, you'd come and put fear in their hearts. How did he put fear in their hearts? Through his words. You know, in sport, they call it uh, trash talk. You can literally put fear. Muhammad Ali, I think he was the, he was the master of trash talk. I mean, he would say things like, man, I'm going to float like a butterfly and sting like a bee. He would say things like, uh, I'm so mean, I make medicine sick. Can you imagine going into the ring with a guy who's saying, I'm so mean, I make mad. I mean, you're like, oh, man. I, I don't want to fight. Ooh, I don't want to fight. He said, last night, I switched off the light. He said, I'm lightning fast. Last night, I switched off the light, and I went into bed before the lights came off. He says, I'm so fast. That's Muhammad Ali. He says, I'm so fast. And his opponents would listen to those words, and he would literally defeat you before you even get into the ring with his words. I mean, people would listen to that and be like, oh, oh man, I don't want to fight this guy. <laughs> Amen. And so uh, uh, Goliath would come every single morning and he would do that. Uh, verse 41. And the Philistine came on and drew near to David. Now, this was the day of the battle. Uh, he came on and drew near to David. And the men that bear the shield went before him. And when the Philistine looked about, he saw David. He disdained him, for he was but a youth and ruddy and of a fair countenance. And the Philistine said, someone say he said. See, the first thing you do in fighting any kind of battle is to change your words. That's the first thing you do. You check what's been coming out of my mouth. Amen? So the Philistine said, Am I a dog that thou comest to me with staves? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. And the Philistine said to David, Come to me, and I will give thy flesh unto the fowls of the air and to the beasts of the field. The Philistine modus operandi, the devil's M.O., hasn't changed. He is still saying, he is still standing as Goliath in news media platforms and declare some things to God's children. Hunt your neighbor and say, what are you going to do about it? He comes on TV uh, 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 as these news channels, and he tells you and your family that you're not going to make it. Every single morning is trash-talking you, trash-talking the church. Every single morning, he comes out and he says, yeah, this year you will see fires. Uzovona umlilo. This year. This year. Amen. Oh, yeah. Y'all didn't know that I could speak. See, so 
Oh, yes. Now you, now you can't mess around around me. Now you can, now you can switch on me. Because <laughs> I can hear. Hallelujah. <laughs> Pastor Dave, you know, Pastor Dave, you was preaching here uh, uh, last Sunday. They, uh, Pastor Dave, Pastor Elby, they are in a bus in London, England. So they see these boys. I mean, these boys are dressed up like the, the, the 20, you know, the, 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 the hip-hop guys. I mean, the pants are down out of here. They, you know, tattoos everywhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they switch on the boys. They start speaking in, in Afrikaans, talking about, look at those pants. That, that, that. Doesn't he know where the waistline is? They're talking, they're talking, they're talking. Man, it's crazy. These kids of today, they are crazy. And then when the boys got to their bus stop, as the boys were leaving, the bus said, uh, we just want to say bye, uncle and auntie, in Afrikaans. And they were like, oh. <laughs> so Pastor T, I looked at the ground and I said, man, swallow me. <laughs> it's crazy. Anyway, verse 44. And the Philistine said to David, come to me and I'll give your flesh unto the fowls of the air and to the beast uh, of the field. Then David said to the Philistine, you always have to say something back. It's called silencing the voice of the accuser. Man, whenever you have thoughts that are not in, in line with God's word, always say something contrary. Amen? That's why we have confessions. That's why we have declarations. That's why we write them down. Because we're trying to get you to speak what God says about you. Can I get an amen? So here's what David said. You come to me with a sword and with a spear... And with a shield, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of the hosts, the, the God of the armies of Israel, whom thou hast defiled. This day will the Lord deliver you into my hand. I will smite thee. Man, this is how you should talk to your problems. You see how you should talk to your problems? It sounds like a rap, rap song. Some of you talk to your problems way too soft. Amen? Jesus didn't say, whosoever shall negotiate with the mountain. See what the mountain feels like. See what kind of mood the mountain is in. And mountain, by the way, is just using that metaphorically to represent problems. Jesus is saying, you shouldn't talk to your problems like, you know, negotiate with your problems. No, you should speak to your problems with authority. You shall not ruin my life. That's how you speak to problems. Amen? You know how we cast out devils? Puma. We don't say farewell. <laughs> Can you imagine trying to cast out a farewell? I mean, the demon is going to look at you and say, man, give me a break. <laughs> you got to have some authority in your voice. Can I get an amen? So David began to speak to it, and he said, this day, verse 46, Will the Lord deliver you into my hand? I will smite you and take your head from you. I will give your carcasses of, uh, of the host of the Philistines this day unto the fowls of the air and to the wild beasts of the earth, and that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. And all this assembly shall know that the Lord saveth not with a sword and spear, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give you into our hands. And it came to pass. Someone say it came to pass. The minute David finished saying what he said, something happened below ground. When? Immediately. The battle was won when David finished saying what he said. It was the prognosticators, the carnal people, the religious folk that think that the battle was only won when the giant fell to the ground. No, the battle was won in the spiritual realm. And for you and I, the battle has already been won. It was won 2,000 years ago on that cross. And what you and I are doing is just enforcing the battle which was already won. Jesus has already won the battle. And all we get to do is to enforce that victory. You are just like a police officer. You just enforce what's already been established in the Constitution. The Constitution has already established that we win. The Constitution has already established that we are victorious. Amen. 
And what we get to do is to just go around and make sure that that victory is still intact. Amen. Amen. When things begin to happen that are outside of that victory, we can call them back by the authority that Jesus gave to us when he won that victory on the cross. Can I get an amen? amen. See, God hasn't called us to become social commentators. God doesn't call us to just go around and make a commentary of what's going on. You know, these days are it's tough. You know, these days. No, God doesn't call you to just be a social commentator. God has called you to be a divine orchestrator. That, you know, that's just a big word for someone who says something by faith. And the reason why I chose divine orchestrator was because it rhymes with social commentator. It makes, my, it makes my sermon nice. See, you don't think about these things. Someone shout, God hasn't called me to be a social commentator, but to be a divine orchestrator with my mouth. Where do we find that? Let's go to Job 22, verse 29. We're going to close with Job 22, verse 29. Thank you, Lord. I want you to look up. I want us to read together. Job chapter number 22, verse 29. You ready? Ready? Read. When men are cast down, then you shall say, men are cast down. But men are cast down. Okay, let's read it one more time. You ready? Ready? Read. When men are cast down, then you shall say, men are cast down. What should you say? I didn't hear that. Come on, one more time. Someone say, Pastor T, but that would be lying. Remember, God hasn't called you to be a social commentator. He, hasn't, he already knows what's happening. And the world already knows what's happening. They don't want another voice to echo what's happening. What they are waiting for is the manifestation of the sons of God to divinely orchestrate and change the direction of where that thing is going so that it can start going into a new direction. Someone shout, when there is a casting down, I have been called by God to say there is a lifting up. So some of you are going to get it, some real practical situations. Okay, let's try it. When the marriage is falling apart, then you shall say the marriage is falling apart. When the child is struggling with a, a school and their grades are bad, are bad you shall say, Vele, this one. <laughs> Is that what it says? Is that what it says? Come on, preach with me. Help me. Help a brother out. That's not what he said. He didn't say that. He said you always speak by faith. When your finances are down and you're left with 73 rand in your account, then you shall say, Yay, we are broke. Is that what he said? What do you say? All my needs, according to his, where are the riches? In glory by Christ Jesus. When your body has pain, then you shall say, ah, my lower back is in pain. He didn't say that. He said you always confess what Jesus paid for on that cross. So our eyes are fixed on Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. I'm not saying that there's not going to be uh, circumstances that are contrary to him. All I'm saying is, wow, the things are happening around you that are contrary to what Jesus did for you on the cross. Don't keep your eyes on what's going on around you. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Don't keep your words on what's going on around you. Keep your words on Jesus. And as you do so, I'm telling you, there's going to be a turning around. Because he says in Job chapter number 22, verse 29, when there's a casting down, you shall say there's a lifting up, and he shall save the humble person. God will jump in and say, hey, someone is speaking words of faith. Let's go to action. Because God watches over his word to perform it. Amen. You ready to practice? Why don't you stand on your feet? Thank you, Jesus. Someone shout, my body keeps well. I am healed from the top of my head 
to the sole of my feet. Every organ, every tissue, every cell functions to the perfection in the name of Jesus. Someone shout, the fruit of my womb is blessed in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. I want to speak to someone. Uh, the doctor told you you have fibroids and it's going to be difficult to conceive. Put your hands on you. The fruit of my womb is blessed. Therefore, I will conceive in the name of Jesus. Amen. Someone shout, all my needs are met according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Someone shout, my stocks are appreciating. My real estate uh, portfolio is growing in the name of Jesus. This is not uh, a conditional. This promise is not conditional. It's not based on, on, on God didn't say you only supply all your needs when it's, when it's outside of COVID season. Remember, we said when Jesus shows up, the season has begun. Man, some of the biggest breakthroughs we've seen as a church has been through COVID. <laughs> I'm almost tempted sometimes to say, thank you, COVID. I'm telling you, our entire uh, uh, video and TV production uh, happened because of COVID. Before that, we were comfortable. We were good, just kind of ministering to the people that are in this building. I mean, we didn't care much about anyone out there. But when COVID came, it shook us up. See, whenever there is a crisis, you can either look at it from an opportunity perspective or from a crisis perspective. When you look at it from an opportunity perspective, you're getting ready to tap into some acceleration and promotion. David didn't see Goliath as a problem. David saw Goliath as his great opportunity to finally have a shot on the king's daughter. Because the first thing David asked was, what shall be done to the man who will kill this Goliath? And they said, you get to marry the king's daughter. And he said, what else? And they said, you get to not pay any taxes. That would have motivated me. <laughs> Hallelujah. He said, no taxes for a lifetime. And David was, okay, I'm going to kill this guy. You know why? He looked at it as an opportunity. In fact, if you look at the Chinese word for crisis, it's got two components to it. The first one is danger, but attached to that danger is opportunity. Because sometimes the dangerous situation in front of you is just for you to have an opportunity to go to the next level in your life. Not only were we able to move to the next level in terms of our video production, our income literally doubled during COVID season. What happened? We just looked at it as an opportunity. Man, problems are opportunities for promotion. Billy Epperhart told me this personally. He said, Tavara, the one problem with Christians is that they think they can just drift to the top of the mountain. He said, you're not going to drift to the top of the mountain. He said, the only way to get to the top of the mountain is to find a problem and solve it. He said to me, he said, the smaller the problems, the smaller the reward. The bigger the problems, the bigger the reward. As a preacher, when COVID-19 came, I got excited because I knew we had a big problem in our hands. And what it also comes with is a big opportunity for promotion. Amen. Someone shout, I am ready. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Someone shout, I'm a problem solver. I'm a problem solver. I have creative solution to I every have, single problem. I have creative solution to every single problem. That I will ever encounter. 
Amen. The Bible says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Amen. And so we want to, I feel led for us to say some things over our businesses. I feel led for us to decree some things over our careers. Someone say, everything that I put my hand to is blessed. It will prosper. Every project, every deal, every meeting that I am involved in will have a great success. Someone say, I have favor with my boss. I have favor with my boss's bosses. I have favor with my colleagues. And I have favor with my clients. My business, my career is increasing more and more. Opportunities are increasing to me on a daily basis. More and more. Someone say, my business is highly sought after. Oh, come on. Someone say, my business. My business is highly sought after. Someone say, deals, contracts, tenders, and sales. Come to me every day. Every day. Every day. I call for the perfect job with the perfect opportunities, with the perfect perks, in the perfect place, in the name of Jesus. And someone say, I am always in the right place at the right time because the Holy Spirit directs my steps. Amen. Come on, someone say hallelujah. Come on, why don't we give God a big shout of praise? We are the redeemed of the Lord. And whatever we say is so. Someone shout, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, that it is so. Someone say, thank you, Jesus. I have said it. And it is so. Why don't we give God one more big shout of praise. Amen and amen and amen. And remember these words which come from 2 Corinthians 5 verse 17. We walk by faith. 5 verse 7. 2 Corinthians 5 verse 7. My bad. For we walk by faith and not by sight. Amen. We hope this message has been a blessing to you. Thank you for listening. To find out more about how you can become a partner, visit faithhill.tv today. That's who